Reed's Ranch is proud to partner with Marcos Garza and the Garza Law Firm. Tighten up and buckle up and don't drink and drive. But if you do and you find yourself needing legal representation, Marcos Garza and the Garza Law Firm are East Tennessee's premier DUI defense, criminal defense, and personal injury lawyers. GarzaLaw.com. Don't say guilty. Say Garza. GarzaLaw.com. 865-540-8300. Remember the number, 540. Say it with me, 540-8300. They'll answer calls 24-7 if you find yourself locked up after celebrating the Titans going to the Super Bowl or drinking away your sorrows if Tennessee loses to Vanderbilt this Saturday. No, 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 just kidding. Tennessee's not losing to Vanderbilt, surely. All right, let's get to the episode. I mean, this is the last stand. You're listening to The Unfiltered. Well, I hate to say I told you so. There's nothing to be done besides to get on Twitter and tweet to all my dumbass followers. <laughs> but I told you so. Hey, I told you so. The controversial. He's a dumbass. He can't do math. He's an idiot. He gets his hair cut at Walmart. Look at that shitty haircut. The realest podcast in the Southeast. Let the dogs loose. <laughs> Let the goons be goons. Eleven in a row. Eleven in a row. Eleven in a row. Enough. <laughs> thirty-eight in a row. As in thirty-eight unanswered points when we were whipping that ass. Ranch gang, stand up. The holy war is upon us. Welcome to Reed's Ranch, the podcast with Seth Hughes. Like, just quit acting like this is any fun at all. Another edition of Reed's Ranch coming at you Thursday, January 16th. Seth Hughes joins me down in Alabama. Seth Hughes is sick, but we shall press on, Seth. I'm sorry you're sick, buddy. It's okay. I'm, I'm alive. I'm alive. That is true. That's the most important thing. It's still a good day to have a good day. A wise man tells me quite often that it's good to be here and it's good to be anywhere. Amen to that. The Titans are still playing. Amen to that. That's not just good. That's great. Are you tightened up? I'm happy for you. Are you tightened up? Yeah. Let's let's tighten up. Well, loosen down, buddy, because you're a Bills fan. <sighs> I was trying to think of what happened if uh, last weekend and who they played because it feels like it was like two weeks ago, that, that Ravens game. We kicked the Ravens' ass. That's what happened. From the very beginning. Uh, from the very beginning. Just complete domination. You know, the only time I felt like the Ravens were really, like, fluid, I'll just go ahead and say, like, I, I obviously know nothing about the NFL because I thought Lamar Jackson was not good and his stats were awesome. I didn't know. I would have not guessed he had near the, the stats that he had. But I thought that the only time that they were, like, good on offense was that first drive up until the interception. I'd say that's probably fair, yeah. I thought, like, they they had the— Until the interception, I was like, oh, shit, we might be in trouble. They had Didn't they have, like, a, the one long pass to the, the tight end on that first drive? And, like, they looked good, man. They looked good. And then all of a sudden, there was that tip pass. I think the tip pass was to that, that tight end who was their leading receiver. And um, We cut the middle of the field off. That was what we were going to do. And on that interception, you see big Jeff Simmons— uh, protector of his family, bull rush right up the middle. Lamar couldn't get set, sailed the ball just a little bit. The tight end fucked up, and then Kevin Byard 
returned it, and that was that. That was the only time, the whole game, even when they moved the ball down the field, blah, 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 that was the only time I thought that their offense looked like it had during the regular season. And I honestly, I don't care what Lamar Jackson's stats were that game. I didn't think he was very good. He was He was not. I don't think it's uh, – I think the stats lie. Um, the stats lie. And when you have the ball 79 times like he did, he ran it 20 and threw it 59, uh, you're going to put up numbers. And you're going to lose when you do that. I was just blown away when I saw how many passing yards and rushing yards he had because I would not have guessed he threw for that many rushing yards because the Titans, the Titans defense played great. Eat shit, Earl. Eat shit, Earl. Man, that's to me, that was the best part of the game was Earl Thomas losing. Earl Thomas getting used as a lead blocker was pretty damn good. That was good, too. I don't know why I don't like Earl Thomas. I didn't. I just like he just annoys me. Like he's just very, very annoying. I didn't much have a problem with him until this week. But you cannot run your mouth like he did, and then just get absolutely dog walked. Get used as a lead blocker. I mean, Derrick Henry spun him around in circles and then pushed him in the back and used him as a blocker. And then to to go on Twitter after the game and, and tweet that about the Drake curse, and I know he was joking. I know he was joking. Dude, just, you know, you should probably not tweet for about nine months. He was the personification of the smiling to hide from crying meme come to life. Yep. That's exactly, yep, that's a, that's a perfect, that's, that is a perfect description. Drake curse got me, LOL, or got us, LOL. That's a, I mean, that's exactly what that was. I'm actually laughing, I'm not crying and embarrassed. Yeah. Um, it's actually, it's actually funny. And not only do the Titans win to go to the AFC Championship game, their division rival gets beat in humiliating fashion. Yeah, that's about that that has to rank like in the on the worst ways to lose, right? Like to come out, you look like you have finally reached your potential. Romo's talking about all week long Bill O'Brien's been walking around the facility saying we can't win, we can't win. Turns out you can't win, buddy. I you know, they should honestly fire Bill O'Brien right now. And nobody can convince me otherwise. Bill O'Brien and Pete Carroll should both be fired. There is no coming back from the cucking that Bill O'Brien took. You do not get to be that much of a cuckold and come back. Not in the National Football League. I'm sorry you don't. Those are the rules. The fake punt was just a jaw-dropping, stupid-ass call. It really was the best time to run a fake punt, though, because no one saw it coming. No one saw it coming, and yes, Sorensen had to make an all-time play to stop it. But guess what? Sorensen made the all-time play, and he stopped it, and then the game the game was over. The Chiefs scored two touchdowns in like a minute. Me and Marwan had gotten back from uh, from Baltimore. He gets out of his car, starts getting his stuff. I hear... As I'm backing into my garage, fake punt. I didn't hear whether or not he got it. I get out of my car. I go into the house. I put my bags down. I flip on the TV, and Kansas City had scored twice. They had scored twice by the time I unloaded my car. 
Yeah. And obviously it was out Twice. of... Twice! They scored two touchdowns in like a minute. It was out of, of real time. Bill O'Brien's control that, that their kick returner did that. Uh, the, the fake punt was just so stupid to me as I sat there watching it. Like, and it it just felt like I I mean I think everyone knew it was going to be a blowout once like the Chiefs took the lead and I got to be honest the fake punt didn't really bother me because like I said no one expected it he got one on one with a, a defensive guy like you would think you would take your guy to get three yards when it's one on one obviously they didn't get it and it looks awful I had much more of a problem with them kicking a field goal see. That is that is some of the reason why I have such a problem with the fake punt was because you you didn't go for it. You kicked that field goal and then you um decided to do the fake punt. And like like I mean, I totally agree. He had one on one, nobody saw it coming. It took a great play by Sorensen. But he made it, and once he made that play, like, the Texans were screwed, and all you had to do was go for it on fourth and one on your previous drive. I think they were screwed the moment they kicked the field goal. Yeah, I'm, yeah. I mean, that, that that was terrible. To me, not kicking – like, kicking the field goal is, is part of the reason why the fake punt was so bad. Because you, you went for it on fourth down on the wrong at the wrong time. Him saying he didn't have a play was the worst part. That's, he said that's why he didn't go for it on fourth and one, was that he didn't have a play call he liked. As he has Deshaun Watson, as he called timeout, he couldn't come up with a play that he liked on fourth and one against a Chiefs team that can't stop the run. They need to fire him and just, they need to make, they need to take every single precaution that they have at their disposal to make sure that Deshaun Watson is not wasted. They can't fire him. He's the GM. They, they, he has so much control of that organization. He's not going anywhere. They didn't have a GM all year. They fired their GM, got cucked in that whole Patriots thing, and they just never hired one and let him just go out and trade all these picks, trade Jadavion Clowney just to get their ass beat in the second round, like they always do. And like Jadavion Clowney was pretty good. Oh, yeah, Clowney was really good. Now, granted, he's a free agent and they probably would have lost him or whatever, but that, that's. That's besides the point. They could have used him this year. And they traded, you know, for for uh, Tunsil, who, you know, was all right, I guess, but the Texans' line still sucked. Fire Bill O'Brien, fire Pete Carroll. Let's move on. So Pete Carroll is canceled. Pete Carroll sucks, man. I've been saying that pretty much all year. If you, I know you don't ever get to listen to the radio show, but that's been one of my takes all year is Pete Carroll sucks. He blew that game. I mean, he just... I don't get how many times. I saw a stat, Seth. They've played, I think it's six games. It might be five in the second round while on the road, right? Since they won a Super Bowl. He has been outscored. You want to take a guess in those five games, how much he's been outscored in the first half of those games? It's got to be a lot, I'm guessing. 113 to 13. Holy shit. They come out with the worst fucking game plan ever. They try to run the ball with Marshawn Lynch. They try to pound it in with no running backs when they have uh, one of the three best quarterbacks in the NFL. Like I, don't, I feel like he's one of the three best quarterbacks in the NFL. I don't think that's really even something people would argue. And they fall behind early, and then they finally say, okay, let's let Russell do something. They fell behind 21-3 to at halftime before they decided, hey, let's let Russell run around and throw the ball. 
And then they came back and should have won. He punts on fourth and eleven, whatever. Some people. I just didn't like punting there either. I mean, I, I don't either. I, I understand it. People have been punting there for the for the, you know for all of time. It seems uh, you know as if if you are within five points, you should go for it because chances are Green Bay is not going to go for the jugular and go for a touchdown. They'll kick a field goal and then you'll still be down one possession. Yeah, like Green Bay probably gets really conservative if you go for it. It's third and eight. They probably are safe and let Mason Crosby come out and kick a field goal. Then you get the ball down eight and you have a chance. I hated, I hated punting it. That it just seems like that is a franchise that the only, the only way they are able to stay relevant at all is because they have a superstar at quarterback. Exactly. It's not Pete Carroll. Pete Carroll's holding them back. He literally, and now I mean he has some help now at wide receiver, but he does everything. Russell Wilson does everything. Well, now the defense sucks. The defense obviously like got, got carved up by Aaron Rodgers and couldn't get a stop on two third and longs. And it's not like Aaron Rodgers even been good this year. No, he hasn't. Now, I mean, some of those throws were perfect. Some of the throws were absolutely amazing, but it's been a rough year. Yeah, that third and eight, third and nine to Devontae Adams was about as bad, good as it can get. That was a perfect throw. Yeah, it, it's still like, I mean, you still don't want to bet against Aaron Rodgers in the playoffs because it's. Perhaps the most talented. I will bet against Aaron Rodgers in the playoffs this weekend. The 49ers are going to yeah, kill them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I know. But, like, last weekend, you still don't want to because it's Aaron Rodgers, and he's probably the most talented person ever played the position. But he hadn't been good this year. That was just a boring game. That was a boring-ass game. Who do you, it's, And it shouldn't be boring. It's really hard to make the Seahawks boring, but Pete Carroll usually does it for three quarters. He sucks. Fire Pete Carroll. He sucks. Neither one of those teams can keep up with the 49ers, it seems. It's it's weird that the Seahawks were able to play with the 49ers this year, really. Well, the Seahawks or the Seahawks have what the 49ers defense struggles with and it's a mobile quarterback like Kyler Murray bought out against the 49ers this year. Like they 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 ended up getting beat twice, but they played really good and had leads late in that game because he can scramble around and make some plays. Aaron Rodgers can't move around anymore, so I, I don't expect him to do much of anything versus the 49ers. No, 49ers look pretty look, 49ers look pretty stout. Who do you think needs a Super Bowl more? Aaron Rodgers or Andy Reid? I'm gonna go with Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers obviously already has one, but he needs that second one. He needs that second one to, you know, elevate above Drew Brees, the Drew Breeses of the world. And uh, everyone loves Andy Reid. Nobody likes Aaron Rodgers. But Andy Reid is known as a loser. Andy Reid is known as a lovable loser. He is known as a loser for sure. But, man, people do not like Aaron Rodgers, and they have every reason not to like him. He is an asshole. He's almost in that Kobe Bryant level, though, where he's kind of a likable asshole. Yeah, I know what you now, mean. Now, granted, Kobe had five championships when he became a, a likable asshole, and Aaron Rodgers only has one, so that kind of leads me to think he needs this ring pretty bad. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, I like if Andy Reid lets Ryan Tannehill and Derrick Henry come in there and beat their beat their ass again. Uh, Kansas City fans are going to be pretty upset if if it's over for good with him, like. He's never getting one. I won't say it's over for good because I, I think Aaron Rodgers is facing that more of it being over for good. This feels like his last shot. 
Reed and, and Mahomes, obviously, they're going to be together for a while, and the AFC is kind of turning over right now. Yeah. So I wouldn't say this is his last shot, but this is his best shot. It's set up for him for sure. I mean. Well, actually, last year was their best shot at home against an old Patriots team where the winner gets to play the Rams. So, like, last year was probably their best shot, but this one, uh, you know, is pretty good too. You're going to have back-to-back really good shots at a Super Bowl. It definitely seems like it would have been better to play the Rams than to play the 49ers. But, um, yeah. Sorry for both Aaron Rodgers and Andy Reid because neither of them will be getting a championship ring. How badly do you think the 49ers will beat the Packers? I think they'll beat them by at least 17. Okay. So you think at least. you think it will be a, as bad as it was during the regular season, basically? It was 29 in the regular season, and that was with a garbage time touchdown. I think they'll win by 17 to 24 points. Okay. My man Richard Sherman is going to shut down Devontae Adams. I do like how the Seahawks are kind of falling apart or, you know, under, under underachieving. And Richard Sherman's on the podium talking about how his postseason stats are the best in history. How he leads every category among cornerbacks. How about Adam Thielen just um, stopping his route <laughs> the other day and letting Sherman pick that ball off? <laughs> he just got bullied, man. He just stopped running. He just got bullied. <laughs> that was a, They bullied. They just straight up bullied the Vikings. I mean, they straight up cuffed the Vikings. I, like I think they're going to do the same thing to the Packers. Yeah. Yeah. Feels that way. Do we have a score prediction for the Titans? Well, the Titans will be winning by uh, the score I've had in my mind all week is 31-26. Okay. The Chiefs are going to be down 11, and they're going to miss a two-point conversion with, uh, you know, two and a half minutes left. They're going to score a touchdown, go for two, miss it. Titans run the clock out, up five, 31-26. You know, I don't know what it was about. I don't know if it was like the angle of the of where the camera was, but on the forty four yard touchdown pass to um, I can't remember the guy's name now, but it was Khalif Raymond. K- yes, it, Please put some respect. A- everybody loves Raymond. Everybody loves Raymond on the for- it was a forty four yard touchdown pass, I believe. To forty five, close 45. enough. Forty five. It seriously looked like. That ball. It was a missile. It, it was a like, missile. It looked like the hardest thrown football I have ever seen in my life. No doubt. No joke. Like, that's not hyperbole. It looked like he threw it a thousand miles an hour. And I have gone back and watched replay after replay, and I cannot ever get the replay to look as fast as it did in real time. When he did it in real time, I was on the couch, and Dad was in the left seat, and I said, Holy shit, Dad. It looked like he threw that a million miles an hour. It was insane. It looked like he overthrew it big time. But everybody loves Raymond is really fast and caught up to it and made a really, really nice catch. It was basically a complete replay of what he did in Indianapolis. Same side of the field. I'm sitting in the same place, basically. Corner of the end zone. Perfect view from the opposite end. Tannehill drops back, drops a dime, ends the game. You should have heard me in my section. I was really letting him have it at that point. Oh, I can imagine. I was beating my chest saying, we have the best quarterback in this game. Because Lamar was struggling. He had overthrown, interception, all that stuff. And then Tannehill just whipped the dick out and threw a beautiful, beautiful, perfect strike. Yeah. Um, friend of the podcast, Mike Palmer, texted me and said, we need to, we need to pray that God puts a, he- puts a wall of protection around John Reed right now in that stadium because we know that he is absolutely driving their fans insane. Okay, I, I don't mean to like – ruin the myth a little bit, but I'm I'm pretty I don't want to say reserved, 
but I, I feel like I push just the around the, the the right buttons. Like I, I know when to go, I know when to pull off without getting like too heated. Now every now and then I'll needle one guy if one guy's been a dick the whole time, but for the most part, I I, I ease off a little bit. Like once we got up twenty two, I just kind of sat down because they all sat down. I just sat down and, and blended in. Um, usually my section doesn't hate me. Usually my section, there'll be the people like in front of me and behind me. 90% of them will like talk about how awesome I am and like best of luck, all that stuff. Nobody's really wanting to fight me. I'm definitely not Levi it there. I know how to push the right buttons, do proper trash talk, but kind of avoid a, a huge conflict. Because I don't want to get beat up in Baltimore, you know what I mean? Oh, no, I don't blame you either. I mean, shit, that would suck. That's, that's what one old man kept saying. Like, Because after the game, with like a minute and a half left. Actually, it was a two-minute warning. Pretty much all the Titans fans went down to the lower levels. Mm-hmm. And like in these certain sections at the corner of the end zone. And I was going to go piss first because I didn't really care about being up there very close. But as I'm leaving <laughs> to go to the bathroom, this old man stops. He's like, four kids or like four you know, 22-year-olds or whatever. He's like, hey, where the fuck you guys going? Where the fuck you guys going? And they just kind of ignored him and, and you know kept walking. So then he like kind of grabbed me. He's like, where are you going? I was like, the bathroom. <laughs> and he was like, oh, okay. Well, all you guys, they better be careful because they're in the wrong fucking city to be doing this. They're in the wrong city. They need to know where they're at. It's be more, bitch. And I was like, I'm just going to the bathroom, man. Which way is it? Don't try to act all hard. Like, it's a football game, bro. I don't care if we're in Baltimore or not. I was a little afraid leaving the stadium, though. We tried to walk to some bars, and it was a little sketchy. Everyone kept telling us it was the right the right place to go, it was safe, but then I was like, oh, they might be setting us up. But we walked to the bars, and it was like a damn Mardi Gras place. They didn't really care that they lost, which is, you know, if you're – I think me and you are very similar in that, like, we don't celebrate <coughs> or go to the bar when our team loses. That's very weird to me. I, I, I don't want to talk to anybody when my team loses, like – Basically, my whole entire college career, I never went out on Saturdays because I was too devastated after we got our ass beat. That's very weird to me. It looked like Mardi Gras down there, man. Jerseys, Baltimore jerseys, everyone just pumped up, ready to go. The bars were too packed. We turned around, walked back to the hotel, went to sleep. Yeah, I mean, probably. Might might just be best to do that anyway, so you didn't just run into some drunk Baltimore fan in the bar. The only people that talked trash to us after the game were drunk 21-year-old girls. Those are the only ones that were giving us hell. That's wild. I thought that, you know, after you go 13 and 3, you would be 14 and 2. 14 and 2. 14 and 2. You would be much more upset over losing to over losing your first game in the playoffs. I mean, that's that's extremely disappointing. I was booing Lamar, chanting we want Flacco. Some people were getting really mad when I was doing that. Because I was posing as a Ravens fan at that point. The only bad thing about the game is that the the, the takes about Lamar Jackson all offseason are going Boo! to be insufferable. He can't throw, Harbaugh! Put in Flacco! Like, it's going to be so much. You're going to have the cucks on one side who say that he can do no wrong, that he's blameless. That he had 500 yards. Even though he sucked ass Saturday night, and that's just a fact. And then you're going to have the other guys on the other side who are going to be like, oh, he can't win in the playoffs. He can't win in the playoffs. You know, he's not a, he's not an NFL quarterback. We're like, And it's just like, enough. 
We don't have to do this for the next nine months. Not everyone can handle going up against Dean Pease. No, the Titans defense. Not everyone can handle it. Dean Pease has been balling, and so is Arthur. So is Arthur Smith. Arthur Smith has got that FedEx dick out, and he's just flopping it around, delivering it first class. I, I mean, that was what the fifth play from scrimmage that Henry had had a direct snap all season. He is FedExing that dick. I, I mean, it was just an absolutely amazing play call to do the te- to, to do the Tim Tebow pass right there at that juncture. Um, Arthur Smith has been, he's been whipping it out. And I felt like at times during the season, uh, opinion on him was kind of mixed. It wasn't good, but it was also related to Mario. And that was, yeah, I was about to say, and some of that wasn't fair because they had a guy with nerve damage playing quarterback. I may or may not have tweeted that this is, you know, we, you can't make a tight end coach, the offensive coordinator. Yeah. That reminds me, I need to go delete that tweet right quick. But you can if you have Ryan Tannehill. You can if you have a wide receiver at quarterback. That is true. I think they're going to – I'm going to go on record and say they're going to throw a pass to uh, Marcus Mariota. They've been teasing it. They're going to throw one because he caught that touchdown. He caught that touchdown against them two years ago in the playoffs. They're going to do it again. Do you think we win? I have no idea. I'm not oh, convinced. I'm not convinced that the ah, Chiefs are that good. Up. I'm not convinced that the Chiefs are that good. I mean, they're not better than the Ravens. They're not as good as they were last year. I thought they were better than the Ravens all year. So, you know, I, Kansas City is the best team we will we will have faced. But what if you break Mahomes' leg? I'm not worried about breaking his leg. We don't have to break his leg. Uh, but what if you do? Well, then you win. I prefer just a concussion type of thing, maybe, if anything. Really, I would still – I would see. I would Separated prefer, shoulder, maybe. Like, even if he even if he limps for the rest of his life, he still would have all his brain power. Okay, yeah, that's a good point. That's a good point. So, we should pull one out for uh, Luke. Uh, but what happens if he gets uh, – what happens if he gets, say, like Alex Smith broken leg? I don't want that. No, that's true, but Alex Smith can still add two and two together. Well, I know, but I want to watch Patrick Mahomes play football more than I want to watch him add two and two together. I know. But, I mean, the dude for the Panthers, what's his name, Luke uh, Kikely? He, he he doesn't remember either. Exactly. That's my point. That's my, he can't that was add. Impo- that, was in poor, that was in poor taste. It was. This whole, the last minute I've been talking has been in, in very poor taste. Producer, just cut this out. This is patron exclusive. <laughs> um, I don't know. I mean, uh, Derrick Henry's going to run over their ass. That's that's the thing. Like if you, we have King Henry, they don't. The Chiefs can't score if they don't have the ball. How about that? If you just keep the ball from them. Well, that's not something we really do. I mean, we've done it at times, but usually when we score, even when we're running the ball, like we're moving the ball pretty. It, it does go pretty fast because they can't stop Henry, and then every once in a while, I'll just break off that that fifty yarder. Right, like you stack the box and then Derrick Henry gets past the, the, the defensive line and then no one can catch him. No, I will say this about the games. Like I the Chiefs are the best team that the Titans have played order. It seems crazy to me that the 49ers are only favored by half like that that the the, the line difference is only half a point between the, these two games because the Titans are a lot closer to the Chiefs than the Packers are to the 49ers. At this current stage 
that's that's surprising, but I would also say I've been really surprised that they had the Chiefs as the Super Bowl favorite, like on the futures bet. You can get like I think plus one fifty or something like that, and then like plus close to like plus one ninety maybe with the 49ers. The 49ers have a much better shot of beating the Packers and getting to the Super Bowl than the Chiefs do. Like we at, have beat the Chiefs ass. I mean, we've they were close games, but we beat them three straight times. Mm-hmm. Three straight times. We beat them this year. This year. This has really just shown me just further proof. Not that we really need it because, you know, you keep your flash drive and all that stuff. But just how the, the national media seems kind of clueless. Like, I, I've, I've listened to so many dumbass takes about Ryan Tannehill and not him not being able to throw. And what happens if he has to throw? Well, he's going to do what he did in week 10. And he's going to go right down the field in a minute and score a touchdown. They're acting as if he is not the highest rated passer. And, and they're like, oh, if you fall behind early, the Titans aren't going to be able to run the ball. We were down nine in the fourth quarter against the Chiefs, and Derrick Henry kept getting carries, and he kept going six, seven yards a pop. We don't panic and start, like, we, we, we don't panic and then all of a sudden can't move the ball. Like, Tannehill had that one bad interception against the Patriots, but otherwise, he's played pretty damn good. He's, he just hasn't had to throw the ball. We haven't had to. This is what the Patriots do every year. They get to the playoffs, they pound Sony Michelle, and they win. That's what they did to Kansas City last year. Yeah, it's just crazy to me that the Packers, I mean, the 49ers are favored by 7.5 and the Chiefs are favored by 7. Like, to me, if you're going to make the Chiefs 7-point favorites and the 49ers need to be like 10.5, 11-point favorites. Well, it got bet there because when it opened up, it was actually 49ers minus 7, Chiefs minus 7.5. And And then the market was like, oh, we're going to take the Titans plus the hook and we're going to pound the 49ers here. So then it kind of switched just because of the money that came in. I mean, I'm not saying that the Titans are better than the Chiefs, but they're a lot closer to the Chiefs. I you am. Are. They're you better. Are. They are better. And the Chiefs, they're starting safeties out, and their starting defensive tackle can't move. So he's probably not going to play. Meanwhile, the Titans are healthy. No one's talking about my main, my, my main man, Tremaine Brock, who we were just gifted from the Arizona Cardinals. You they know, waved him. We picked him up. He's been our highest-rated cornerback. We didn't have him week 10. I am happy for Jarrell Casey. He didn't play last time we played the Chiefs either. Getting to make that big strip sack. Ooh. He deserves it. He deserves it, man, for all he, those he years. Has been, he has been one of the best defensive tackles in the entire NFL, and no one has really given him proper credit. He was the best defensive tackle in the NFL for a period, I thought. Well, he's behind Aaron Donald. Okay. Guy's not named Aaron Donald. Um. But like all I don't know those if you years, know, but Aaron Donald's pretty good. Yeah, I wasn't. Th- I was thinking like three or four years ago. Like he's been the best defensive tackle in the AFC. Um, and, but nobody ever talked about him because the Titans were just you know they were always right there in the playoff hunt, but they weren't ever great, and nobody ever gave Jarrell Casey his due, and he never complained. He just he was just he always, just tightened up. He was always he just, just tightened really good. up. So he deserves it. I deserve it, God you, damn it! You do deserve it. I deserve it. it. You do deserve it. No, but I'm not arguing that. I deserve it. Drill Casey deserves it, and so do I. This is a huge game for me, Seth. I had to be there. My team's in the AFC Championship. You know, I, I got spoiled when I was a kid. We went to like three of them. Obviously, I was too young to travel, but now I got to be there. I want to be in the stands as we raise that AFC Championship trophy. I mean, you got to be there. I'm going to be there because I deserve it. I've watched a lot of shitty football from both the Titans and the Vols this last decade. The 2010s were not kind to me. 
No, there's lots of bad offense. <laughs> 2020 is off to a great start. We we beat Indiana. The Titans have been molly whopping everybody. And it's not stopping. I've been telling you the train ain't stopping. It's not funny anymore. No one's laughing anymore. They think it's a they think it's a pretty big threat now. I deserve this. You do. Uh, there's no arguments there. Thank you. Let's get to some patron questions. All right, if you want to become a patron, go to patreon.com slash reads ranch. Uh, got two new patrons. New $2 patron, Max Lancaster. Shout out to Max. We love you and we appreciate you. And new $5 patron, K Webb. Shout out to K. We love uh, Colin. Okay, his email has his name, Colin. Oh, shout out to Colin. We love you and we appreciate you. Thank you all. Patreon.com slash Reads Ranch if you want access to the Discord. That's where we put this channel up and get a lot of our questions these days. Uh, have you seen anything that's that's caught your attention? We'll start with Bob. He asks, how are you observing MLK Day? Um, by not going to work. So you're off of work, so that's good for you. I will be doing what I always do, which is uh, watch a lot of NBA. They do all-day NBA on MLK Day. Uh, usually, usually the Hawks and the Grizzlies get big games. So I'll, I'll watch that, and I will um, enjoy my holiday, not go to the bank, and think about all the racial injustice in the world that we still have. Yeah, I'll just, I'm just going to enjoy not having to go to work. All right. Uh, Hank asks, what would be worse, Henry held to 54 yards or losing by 28? Um, it would be worse to lose by 28. Because, like I said, if Henry gets held to 54, we could still win. What is the what is the significance of fifty four? I, I there's not. I guess it just means it gets shut down. Okay. Losing by twenty eight would be awful. I would be so mad. That would suck. I hope that doesn't happen for your sake. It almost happened two years ago when I was in Kansas City. We were down twenty one to three at halftime. All I remember about that and game. And all their fans were talking so much shit, so much shit, calling us stupid for coming, blah 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 blah. And then Mariota caught his own touchdown pass. Derrick Henry started running. Eric Decker, who's married to that dumbass, loud-ass woman, caught the game-winning touchdown. And then Derrick Henry ran and iced the game. And Daryl Revis, they were so mad at Daryl Revis because he was making business decisions left and right out there. He wanted no part of tackling Derrick Henry. It's one of the funniest like things on tape you can ever find if you find the highlights of that game. Just Daryl Revis pulling up, not trying to tackle him. And they all cleared out with about four minutes left, which I thought was absurd because it was, there was four minutes left, and they all had given up on their team and talked about how they're losers and how they're never going to win the big one. Well, guess what? That's what's going to happen again on Sunday. Kansas City Chiefs, notorious losers, not going to win the big one. You're going to lose again. And you're not keeping Derrick Henry to 54 yards. You're not. He will, he will have 150 at least. Whatever happened to Daryl Reed? Because he's King Henry. He retired. That, that, that was his last game. Oh, okay. When, when Derrick Henry was running all over him, he retired after that. He he really retired at halftime. Or maybe like the halfway point of the third quarter, he retired. I mean, I'm going to be honest. I, I didn't even know he played for the Chiefs. <laughs> he, he They picked him up halfway through that year. Okay. And then he quit on them halfway through the third quarter. Mm. He's only 34. I think it was Marcus Peters' last game as a Chief, too. They got They got his ass out of there, too. You were getting ready to say you remember something about that game? The only thing I remember is the touchdown pass to himself. Eric Decker, th- or uh, Mario threw a rope to Eric Decker, probably the best throw he's had in his career to uh, win the game. 
And then there was that one play where at the end of the game, with like two and a half minutes left, where Henry fumbled. Or they caught it a fumble, like after he'd been laying on the ground for like 10 seconds. And they picked it up and ran it for a touchdown. Yeah, and the place was now. going the place was going crazy because they thought they had just pulled a miracle. And then the replay is like, oh yeah, he's way down. Because all the people that had gotten up to leave tried to storm back to their seats after they thought they scored a touchdown. And then the ref said, oops, he's down. And then they all left again. Yeah, I, I do remember that now that you have um, now that you've brought it up. I also didn't know that Marcus Peter played for the Kansas City Chiefs. Well, that's where he was. I think that's where he started his career. It is. And then they he, traded his ass to the Rams right after that. Yep. He sucks now, though, right? Uh, no. I mean, he got his ass beat by the Titans again in the playoffs because he's with Baltimore he's now. He's with Baltimore now. He was pretty good for them. He was pretty good for them. Seemed like he kind of had he a kind of renaissance. Well, he kind of sucked with the Rams because they were making him play man defense, and he's a zone cornerback. Shit. He's so then they trade him to Baltimore. They trade him to Baltimore, and then was playing more zone. Then he was good again. Damn, he signed a three-year, $42 million contract with the Ravens. Oh, really? They already extended him? Yeah. Whew. Mm. Sucks for the Ravens. It just sucks to be a Raven right now. Uh, let's talk some Tennessee basketball. Do we have we to? No, I'm just kidding. Um, I mean, we don't. We don't have to because last night was abysmal. I thankfully didn't get to watch. Okay, good. But you were, uh, you were, you were relieved. You were um, spared a really shitty game. I did some wholesome content and went to a church dinner with my dad. Oh, that's awesome. So it was a much more pleasant night than. Um, than watching Jordan Bowden. I did check the box score at work because I knew we would talk about it, and I wanted to have some idea. Um, I saw he went 0 for 5 from 3, and so did Pons. So 0 for 10 from 3 for them. Me and my dad actually listened to it on the radio on the way to dinner, and we heard James hit those first two threes, and then I saw later on that we hit five total threes in the game, so I was like, wow. 40% of our threes came at the very beginning of the game, like less than five minutes in. And then for the rest of the damn game, we only managed to hit three more. We just suck ass. We just suck. Yeah, it was a um, it was a tough game. We started out pretty good. We got up 12-8, to eight, and then Anthony Edwards just busted our ass. Yeah. Which Anthony Edwards is the best player in college basketball this year. Like, I mean, there's no better – uh, NBA prospect playing in college basketball. Yeah, his only competition is Lamelo, who's just left the Australian league, and James Wiseman, who obviously quit on Memphis. Mm-hmm. So, like, we got our ass busted by a guy that we just couldn't uh, yeah. go toe to toe with. I thought at the beginning of the game that Josiah was going to answer the bell and like be up to the task and like, hey, I'm going to prove something. But nope, same Josiah. Um, at what Uros, not very good. Yeah, I feel yeah. like we were lied to by the practice reports on Uros. Not I, very I, good. I don't want to say anything about him yet. No, no, I know, but just it, he. I was told that he had range. Yeah, like I feel like people said he could shoot threes, and he didn't try any threes, and he airballed two jump, sh- two hook shots. Yeah, two six foot hook shots. He shot them five feet. Yeah, as if they play on nine and a half rim, foot rims in Serbia. But I'm not giving up on him. It was his first game, but. He had also been practicing with the team all year, is yes. what they told us, right? Yes, he has been. Yes. So he should have been a little bit better in, in his debut. He, I, I'm, I'll, I will say this, and he should have had he should have had more than three rebounds in 17 minutes. 
you are seven foot tall. Do you feel that that is fair? Oh, no, that's completely fair. Um, the only positive that I see for our team right now is that Josiah James is a much better shooter than we were led to believe. He went three of six from three-point last night. He's shooting like 60% from three in SEC play. I think he hit his first two, though, and then went one of uh, one of four, I think is what happened. Yeah. Which, I mean, it's still fine, whatever, but it was a little frustrating. And I think it's fair to say at this point that he does not have the dog in him. To We be, don't have a dog. We, we don't, don't have we, anybody. We don't have anybody that can be a dog. That's the most frustrating thing is we just got a bunch of kitty cats. We've got a bunch of we got a bunch of guys that like like to be the second option, and I don't even know like what to think about Josiah James. I would like to know what people saw that made them think he was going to be a lottery pick. I mean, at this point, it's fair to wonder, right? Yeah, because I mean, honestly, like when, even when he plays, he doesn't play like he's ultra athletic. No. Like, his jump shot isn't a prototypical jump shot. Like, he's he does some weird things with his shot. Um, so, yeah, the lottery pick thing seems weird to me, too. And he was projected as was a granted, lottery he, pick. He, by the time he actually got to school, I think he was down to, like, 26th, 28th okay. in mock drafts. So, like, I don't think he had a good senior year. I think he was sliding in the rankings. And then, yeah, in the, in the, the last, like, he's not projected any, like, in the top yeah, he, 60 anymore. He's going to have to come back to school. Yeah, but like right before the season, he was down to like 26, 28. Okay, I was type thinking he was like drafts. 20th going into the. I was thinking he was like 20th in the fall. Yeah, well, I mean, just not nitpicking. The lottery ends at 14. I know, I know but he wasn't anywhere like. Um, like he he had fallen more than I thought he had, is what I'm saying. Yeah. Like I thought yeah. he was like 19, 20 in the fall. I didn't realize he was at the end of the first round. Yeah. But he, he looks like, like a. Like, he's not going to even go pro next year. I mean, uh, I guess he, he could. might be a three or four year guy. He looks like a three or four year player. I, I mean, fine, whatever. Like, if he's listening, no offense, but I would rather have three or four years of Josiah James and like Kamwa. He's not <laughs> listening. He, he he's Kamwa's not listening. He's probably like listening to some like Finnish music or something. Drew Pember is probably listening. We uh we we support Drew Pember over Kamwa. Yes, we do. We stand Drew because Drew can shoot the can shoot the ball. He and, got in immediately, put up a three, and made it. And if anybody that's been watching this team hasn't figured out yet, they cannot score to save their damn life. I'm really frustrated with Rick Barnes. And to be honest with you, I've been frustrated with him for the last five years. It's a shame that you uncanceled him. Listen, it's like he didn't think he had to coach this year. It's like he I, forgot that he had to coach basketball. He's just, the thing that's been like bothering me is like the weird shit he's been saying. Yeah. Like, it's, it's the team, whatever, the team is what it is. The recruiting is what it is. Obviously, it was bad. Now it's good. To me, it's just been the weird shit he's been saying, like, well, Vescovi's going to have to redshirt. He's not going to be ready. Even though, like, even when Lamonte Turner was out there, we had nobody else who could dribble a basketball. Yeah. And desperately needed a backup point guard. And at the very least, like, Vescovi can hit open jump shots. Yeah, like, like 
Then well, he's talking about how Uros, she's like, well, even if he, if he doesn't get clear in the next week, we're going to have to just set him out to save it. It's not worth you wasting a year of eligibility as if he hadn't already redshirted. He's already redshirted. That's really stupid. So I was like, what the, what the fuck is Rick Barnes talking about? Like, the, 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 the Euros thing is, is retarded. Like, I understand that you think that, like, you don't know that much about Vescova. You don't have just a plethora of tape on him, and you think he might not be ready. But, bro, once you see that three-point shot he had, any idea of him sitting on the bench had to be put on the back burner. Like, I know Vescovi hasn't been John Stockton, and he's turned the ball over too much. Well, last night he only had two turnovers. Well, and, that's because he didn't play very aggressively, almost as if Barnes has neutered him a little bit. Well, he needs to It wasn't because him. he was all of a sudden making good passes. It was just he was kind of staying around the perimeter. He needs to unneuter him. He did have one beautiful pass over where he drove and kicked it out. Uh, to like a no-look corner pass to uh, Josiah Jordan-James, and he bricked a three, but it was a beautiful pass. He's made some nice passes. He's also made some awful passes, but the dude can shoot the lights out. And he just showed up from another continent and has been playing. I mean, I don't know how you cannot be anything but impressed with him. I I love watching him shoot. He's never seen a three-point shot that he doesn't like which, frankly, I like because this team cannot score to save their damn lives. Um, Jalen Johnson has gone ice cold since since inexplicably being hot against Missouri. Hey, hey, we'll always have the Missouri game, bro. We'll always have the Missouri game. That was obviously a flash in the pan. Um, There was a moment last night, the game wasn't out of reach yet, and we got a beautiful backdoor cut, and he missed a wide-open layup. Like He tried to do like a reverse layup and just – Missed it, and at that point, I was just like, "Oh my god!" Then we got we just got blown out after that. Since um going three of five from three, he's a nice one of nine from the field. Well, that's that's good. We'll always have Jonah says that the Barnes player development narrative seems like it was a stroke of luck. That's what I was afraid of with like Grant and Admiral just kind of being workaholics and like being guys who are just. We're special. Um, we'll see. I know Seth Kowiak was tweeting about Pons' development. I don't know if I'm giving Barnes credit for Pons' development, seeing how Pons was just so lost when he got here. Like, he has, obviously, all the athleticism in the world. Uh, him just learning how to play basketball would make him better. You know what I mean? Like, that's mm-hmm. how he was as a freshman. Just a guy out there who probably should have been playing, like, wide receiver or defensive end or something. But he's gotten better, obviously. Um but that's because he was just so raw in the first place. I think the the the, the issue with the Barnes um, player development is that if you rely on guys that aren't highly rated and are diamond in the rough, whatever you want to call them, then yes, you can find some guys that are workaholics and are just special, like he had, which is awesome, and he deserves credit for getting those guys. But you can also get a team that struggles to score 60 points a, a game and a team that really, I mean, they can't even beat their own meat, you know? I mean. That's a bad way to be. And that's just a bad way to be. You know, you, you scored 48 points against Wisconsin. And, I mean, that's just a bad, that's just a bad way to be. So – you're just better off. You're just better off, you know, uh, recruiting. But you know, 
Yeah, I mean, the good news is he's recruiting at least for this next year, so hopefully he can keep that rolling on the back end uh, yeah. and do more years after this next year. I mean, the, the next year should be awesome. Um, But, man, if he keeps it up, like, if, if this year keeps up, then, man, like, you better go to an Elite Eight. <laughs> like, I'm tired of this shit, Rick. It's never too early to fire a coach. He doesn't need to forget that. I would say after you give him all that money, it's a little too early to fire him. I know. We're, we're not firing Rick Barnes anytime soon, buddy. Well, they need to, it seems like. They need, they, need, they need to put that threat back out there is what I'm saying. I need, I need a story to leak about how the contract never actually got signed. Exactly. It was just an agreement. Exactly. It's never too early to fire a coach. Unless you're Missouri, who contractually can't fire Conzo. That's an amazing contract. Shout out to him getting <laughs> absolutely ass hammered by Mississippi State. Hey, hey, he beat the hell out of Florida though. He beat the, he beat the hell out of Florida and then fought it up by losing seventy two to forty five to Mississippi State, who was zero and three in conference. Don't matter. They can't fire him because his agent, his agent's unstoppable. Oh man, like I, man, that's an amazing contract. Jay LeGrand asked me who wins this weekend between Cowboy and McGregor. Uh, I mean, McGregor, I don't know. From what I don't know shit about UFC um, for the most part, but the, what I listen to, I do listen to some stuff that breaks things down so I can sound smarter if I do have to talk about it. The thing I was listening to talked about how Cowboy is uh, usually willing to take risks in a fight and try to like fight people and go like blow for blow. Mm -hmm. And they're like, if he does that, McGregor will knock him out pretty early because McGregor, that's like his major strength, I guess, is just beating the shit out of people with a punch. He's got mm -hmm. good knockout power. Um, I know McGregor's like a three and a half to one favorite, like minus 350. So that makes me think McGregor's going to win. But like I said, I don't actually know shit about this. Mm -hmm. Anything else, Seth? No, it was a pleasure as always. I hope you win this weekend. We will. We are going to win. We are be, going to the Super Bowl. Be safe traveling. Go ahead and start looking for me a gold chain for me to buy on Sunday night, okay? A gold chain, okay. Yeah, somewhere between 500 to to $1,000. Find me a nice gold chain that I can start wearing because I need one for Miami in two weeks. Okay. Find me a silk shirt as well. Okay. Silk shirt and a chain, cause daddy's going to <laughs> daddy's going to Miami for the Super Bowl. I'll start looking. Goodbye. Have a good evening. Hope you, you feel better. Thank you. Goodbye. All right. Love you. Bye. I love you too. Can I get a break? I 
wish that I could just get out my goddamn way. What is there to say? There ain't a better time than today. So different. What's the difference? 